contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Welcome back, boys and girls, to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brantz, brought to you by Bet Online. You know, this month we've got NFL, we've got college football, NBA, NHL. It's the best time of year for the passionate, diehard fans. Only one place to get all the action, betonline.ag. Don't wait any longer. You can use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus. PODCAST1 for the 50% sign-up bonus BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet. It's a Brant's Rants edition of the Business of Sports, talking to you about the NFL trading deadline now that it's passed and what we've seen, a new era, I think, in the NFL about trading. I'll talk about all the reasons for that. I also want to get into the the continued changes in the world. Again, this is not your father's sports in the world of sports betting and I've been following this a long time since the Supreme Court decision in May. We've seen a lot of changes. We'll update that. And I thought a big deal in the world of the major sports leagues with a casino that we're going to see maybe more of, we've seen a little bit of, and who's taking the lead among the sports leagues. But first, to the NFL, and the trade deadline is now passed. We're now past October 30th. You cannot trade in the NFL until the start of the 2019 league year. That will be in mid-March. Until then, trade is not an option. And I say this all the time, three ways to improve your personnel or improve your team in the NFL. Free agency, which has limited results, mixed results. Some teams go heavily more than others. The draft, everybody believes in the draft. Everyone spends thousands of man hours and millions of dollars traversing the country, looking under every tree and rock to find the best college players. That's an important staple of the NFL and the building process, the draft and the seven rounds and all the undrafted players and all the effort that goes into that. Some teams more draft and develop than others. The third area to improve in the NFL has been the trade, and traditionally it has been ignored, where people have thought, and maybe I have been part of this thinking too, that Trading doesn't work in the NFL. It's not like baseball. It's not like basketball where the moves are seamless, where someone comes in, can shoot or run a basketball, can hit or pitch like they can there, where free agency seems to work better in sports like that. Maybe more assimilation is is facile in those sports compared to the NFL, which is schematic. As we know, the NFL, it's cover two, it's cover four. It's 4-3, it's 3-4, it's West Coast, it's vertical, it's all these things. And the schematicism of football makes it hard to trade. Now listen, I've subscribed to that, and I subscribe to that as a reason free agency doesn't work as seamlessly in the NFL. But there are people getting past that, and I think that's a good thing. It's a good thing for the popularity of the sport. Here we are, where we've got ratings up, we've got popularity up, you've got this crop of young quarterbacks coming into the NFL like a Mahomes, like these young players, Deshaun Watson, Wentz, Goff, etc., building interest. You've got good games. You've got scoring is up. Everything's working towards more popular sport. And trading adds to that as well, kind of a hot stove business part to that. And it's happened. So more trading. And before we get to some of the specific trades, why? Well, I think a lot of reasons, and I, I point to where I sit in Philadelphia, follow the leader. We're copycat league, the most active trading team 
in the NFL has been the Eagles. And I think this goes back a while. They've always been active under my friend Joe Banner, who ran the team, has been on this podcast several times, ran the team for several years, and his protege, Howie Roseman, now running the team. Very active, very looking to improve any way possible, and that includes the trade, and we'll talk about their trade for Golden Tate in a moment. So, Copycat League, Eagles very successful, winning the Super Bowl, Howie Roseman very active, other GMs looking at that and saying, well, Copycat League, they had success, we'll do it too. Speaking of which, there's this young GM crop, and it's not so young, they can be older in their 40s, 50s. Uh, but they're collegial, and I think that allows for trade. What happens in any kind of business dealings is you want to do business with people you like, people you trust. There's a better sense of trust among leaders and decision makers in the NFL than there was before. It's nothing you can put your finger on other than a lot of these guys came up together. They came up through the scouting ranks, same ages, late 30s, 40s, been around a long time. A lot of these guys even work together. Uh, They come from different organizations. They've worked with each other. They know each other well. Uh, They know each other through the years of managing the cap, of being on the scouting circuit, of seeing each other at colleges, obviously seeing each other at bowl games, combine, more trust. You know, in my situation in Green Bay, three of the GMs in the round of the league, we work very closely together. John Schneider is now in in Seattle. John Dorsey is now in Cleveland. And Gregory McKenzie is now in Oakland. Those three guys work together for a decade. So... Anything they say to each other is fully trusted. That relationship is there, so that can build trust. You have people that Howie Roseman has known for 20 years, easy to do business with, easy to do deals with, and that's happening as well. Back to more of Branch Rants in a moment, but first a word from Under Armour. You know you know me. I'm a fitness nerd. I love the products from Under Armour. They've got two exciting new collections, Vanish and Perpetual. They're ready to help you perform better and take your fitness to the next level Vanish is engineered to be more breathable. You feel lighter. I always feel less distracted. Never worry about my clothing. It's lightweight, quick drying, won't cling, won't shave, stretches without absorbing sweat. You can also go to one of their fitness apps that Under Armour has, which is great. I like the one that's Map My Run. I can track my runs. I can log my workouts, tap into coaching if I need it. It syncs with uh, running shoes or other devices like Samsung smartwatch. These are great fitness goals. So download Under Armour's Map My Run in the Apple App Store, Google Play. Get a free 30-day trial, a premium for new users. Take control of your goals today with both products and tracking. Under Armour's got it all. The Under Armour consumer is looking for ways to master the self. That's me. If you're one of those, go to Under Armour. Under Armour, the best way to train, the best way to compete, the best way to recover, the best performance gear to make you better. Another reason why trades are happening, the cap. The cap is more than it has been in the past. For the first time in this CBA, as compared to other ones that I worked under, you have ability to bring forward cap room. You never had that before. So when you can bring forward cap room, you have more cap room. When you have more cap room, you can be more flexible with things like trades. Trades on both sides of it. If you're trading someone, you can absorb the cap hit on your end. If you're trading for someone, you can absorb the cap hit of that salary coming in. And the salary coming in can be high, but again, it's going to be prorated, so it's not going to be as high as it seems because we're halfway through the season. Speaking of which, the deadline has been moved back 
a couple weeks since 2012 into week eight. You know, two weeks, does it make a lot of difference? Well, I think it has. And, you know, back in the day when I worked for the Packers, Ron Wolf and I proposed moving it way back into Thanksgiving to really allow for buyers and sellers kind of a really sell-off to allow playoff contenders to get that piece for the stretch run. Uh, we were sort of looking at baseball and sort of where Roger Clemens would show up late in the season for someone. Those kind of things we looked at as a ways to sort of juice up the trading deadline and, frankly, the buzz around it, creating interest around the league. The league did not like that. They didn't want stretch run players. They didn't want to be like baseball. They felt like you made your team, you built your team, you are stuck with it. You deal with it. You manage that. Same way we propose trading cap room, not cash. We know you can't trade cash, but trading cap room. And in that proposal, that was also turned down as someone like, yeah, we can't help out these cap teams that screw up their cap. But I thought the idea was you have teams with a lot of cap room. You have better teams with better players. Maybe a team with better players needs some cap room, especially if they're out of the playoffs. And then a team with cap room can acquire someone, especially for the future if they're young. So those are the kind of things that could go on. But again, that was rejected too. Back to the trade deadline. Moving back helps. We didn't get it moved back anywhere near Thanksgiving, but the two weeks has helped because it separates. It shows the buyers and the sellers. You have a buyers out there, again, like the Eagles and Redskins uh, comp- competing and, and acquiring players, the Rams, of course, and then you have the sellers, which always come down to the Raiders and Giants, at least this year, and you see what's happened there where you know sellers are out there uh, and that's where you get the deals made. Because the later the deadline, the clearer the picture, uh, and the less money you have to take on. So you're taking on eight weeks of salary versus 10 weeks. That probably makes a little bit of difference, especially for high-paid players. And then I think the final thing in terms of why trades were easily done this year, especially you look at a Damon Harrison being traded from the uh, Giants to the Lions, fifth-round pick. Well, that's kind of the marketplace because you look at the summer trades – of Robert Quinn from the Rams to the Dolphins. You look at a a trade, for instance, of Michael Bennett, Seahawks to Eagles. You look at Jason Pierre-Paul, Giants to Tampa. Basically all for the range of fourth, fifth round picks. So you set a floor, you set a marketplace. It's easy to do a deal. The Lions call about Damon Harrison. What's the price? Well, the price has been established in the offseason. We got a market. So you have that. Now, speaking of market, I said on the podcast last week, I thought that the Raiders took advantage of the Cowboys in the Amari Cooper trade, getting a number one pick. They leveraged desperation. The the, the uh, Cowboys going into their bye week were desperate for a top receiver, went for Cooper, wanted him badly. There were other offers allegedly for second-round picks. I'm not sure that's even true, but they got a one. And Reggie McKenzie, who I know is very relaxed and very deliberate, sort of sat back, waited, could have sat back even further, but once he had a one from the Cowboys, time to make the deal, and he did, and that set a marketplace for trades. But we saw receivers traded at the deadline, which were nowhere near that level of compensation. Golden Tate for a third, uh, and Demarius Thomas for a fourth, or some some combination which worked out to be about a fourth-round pick. You know, much different marketplace than Amari Cooper for a one. Not going to get in debate of who's better, Tate or Thomas or Cooper. We can have that debate. That's for talk radio. That's for scouts sitting around a bar with some beers. But it showed the Cowboys overpaid. The, the, the number one picks are precious currency. Teams don't want to get rid of those, especially 
for a player that doesn't have a contract. And in the case of Golden Tate with the Eagles, he does not have a contract. So you can always look at that and say, why are they giving up a number three for eight games? Well, that's a good question. And I always say the best leverage you have to get a contract extension done is at the time of the trade, especially with a player excited or happy about being traded. That's going to get him a good, you know, a good deal. Um, so these are interesting points to make. They did acquire Golden Tate, but he's got eight games left. That's all on the contract. And we're going to see where it goes because this could be interesting that he's going to be obviously a good player, help him out. But if he leaves, uh, that's all they get him. Now we get into the compensatory pick and he'll be part of the formula. If he leaves the Eagles, how many players they lost, how many players they got back, what's it going to be like? What are they going to get out of compensatory picks? But again, this is another one of those things where teams feel a little better about trading if they know a guy might leave. This happens with HaHa Clinton Dix going from the Packers, my old team, to the Redskins, my boyhood team that I grew up watching. And again, the pick uh, is part of it. But again, he has an expiring contract. Are the Redskins going to sign him? The other part of this is coaches, more so than front office. They always feel like, well, once he gets here, he's going to love it. We'll re-sign him, and when we re-sign him, that won't be an issue anymore. But again, from a pure business point of view, and I've said this when the uh, when the Eagles acquired Sam Bradford back in the day, when the 49ers acquired Jimmy Garoppolo, get the deal done at the time of the trade. Now, I know agents can be resistant. They want to get maximum leverage, get the contract to run out. But if you put it to them, then you've got that moment of truth. You either take the trade with a contract or you don't get traded. That could be a tough thing. So those are one of those things I wonder about these trades of players with expiring contracts like a Golden Tate, like a Ha Clinton Dix, another aspect complicating this, this trade deadline. But for all of this, trades were made. And they were made last week we talked about with Amari Cooper uh, going to Dallas with Damon Harrison to the Lions with Eli Apple to the Saints, and they continued at deadline day as we knew it would, deadline spur action. As I said, Damaris Thomas to the Texans and Golden Tate to the Eagles. And um, we have the Dante Fowler from Jacksonville to the Rams, haha Clinton Dix from the Packers to the um, from the Packers to the Redskins, and of course Ty Montgomery. Uh, to the Ravens for really a ham sandwich, a seventh-round pick in 2020. It was clear that the Packers wanted to move on. They have young running backs. Who knows what or what didn't happen with the reports of Ty Montgomery bringing the ball out and fumbling it. Obviously, didn't want to fumble it. Uh, in frustration for what had happened to him in the, earlier in the game, I, I, don't, I cannot comment on that. It is interesting the Packers moved him for essentially nothing. Uh, in a move that basically said, we got to move on from Ty, who uh, all accounts I've heard over the years, wonderful guy, good teammate, good person. I'm partial, of course, Stanford, uh, but just his run with the Packers ends ignominiously as he now begins his time with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, So again, on the trade deadline, we're in a new era. I've talked about this with gambling in the NFL. I've talked about this with safety in the NFL. I've talked about this with media in the NFL. This is not your father's NFL. Trading is cool. Trading is back. And that's a good thing. Take a break from the business of sports. A word from LinkedIn Talent Solutions. The right hire is everything. It makes a huge impact on your business. 
So important to find the right person, but where do you do that? Don't leave finding someone great to chance. You can post your job to the place where people go every day to make connections, grow in their career, discover job opportunities. That's LinkedIn. Most LinkedIn members haven't visited top job boards, but 9 out of 10 are open to new opportunities. People who are qualified for your role, ready for something new, it's the best way to find the person to help you grow your business. A new hire is made every 10 seconds using LinkedIn. So hurry to linkedin.com slash BOS, business of sports, BOS, all caps, 50% off your first job post, linkedin.com slash BOS. Terms and conditions do not apply. LinkedIn Talent Solutions, the best way to find the best person for you. Other issue I want to talk about is the uh, gambling issue. I've talked about this a lot, you know, what because what we have in the business of sports is some interesting things going on. One happened this week. The NHL, the National Hockey League, which of course is the first of these major pro sports leagues to place a team in the mecca of gambling, which is Las Vegas. They've now jumped on board with another league that's been progressive on this angle, the NBA, and they've made a deal with MGM. MGM casinos and resorts, MGM of course known for gambling, MGM known as the one of the biggest hotels in the world right on the strip, MGM you think gambling, you think Vegas, you think gaming, you think betting, and here we are making a deal with the NHL. Now, details are scarce, as they always are in these kind of deals, but what we do know is that the MGM, you walk in there, you're going to see NHL logos. You're also going to see NBA logos. This is a follow-the-leader situation. The NBA made a deal with MGM earlier. That was an exclusive partnership. One thing about the NHL deal, it's non-exclusive, so the NHL could theoretically go make deals with other casinos and other betting organizations. But now we have two league deals with MGM stepping out in this gambling space. Now, first league to do it was, of course, the NBA. They have stepped out before. We've seen Adam Silver in a role of op-ed editor, uh, writer, writer back in 2014, where he said, look what we have here. We have gambling in the dark. We should bring it out of the shadows. The Supreme Court did that in May of this year, not the way the leagues wanted. The leagues wanted to be done federal legislation. They're a day late and a dollar short on that because the Supreme Court beat them to it. And now we're dealing with the patchwork state-by-state legislation. We have legalized gambling in New Jersey, in Delaware, uh, in Mississippi, in West Virginia, in New Mexico, Rhode Island. So we're looking at the the ramp up of states. Maybe by next year, this time we'll have half the states. Maybe we won't get a much more than that, but that's what we're looking at. Anyway, NHL, back to this deal. What is it going to do for them? Well, supposedly MGM gets the data of the NHL to sort of more accurately reflect betting. And I suppose the deal is now people want to bet on the NHL. They're going to go to MGM because they got the deal. They want to bet on the NBA. They're going to go to MGM. Value of the deal, the reports about the NBA deal, about $25 million. Uh, We'll see. There's no reports about the NHL deal. NHL is a much lesser handle than the NBA, probably half. So we're going to see a much smaller fee with the NHL if that ever comes out. But, you know, we're seeing what's happening here. I, I just think it's important to note I keep saying it, it's not your father's sports anymore. Gambling is in. Uh, and these sports books are going to have it. Uh, the other unknown frontier that's going to come out of this MGM deal uh, 
is probably an app. And the app is going to allow for in-game betting. And when you have in-game betting, uh, then the, the handle is going to go way up. You know, who's going to score the next goal? Who's going to score the next two goals? Uh, what's the halftime odds? All these in-game. And then, you, you, you know, look at it with basketball. How many is LeBron going to get in the third quarter? Is there going to be a dunk uh, in the third quarter by this team? All these kind of things can come up. It's only limited by our imagination and by what other what the provider like MGM is going to allow. So, again, here we are, a new age of betting, and we're, we're smack dab into it. So, those are the issues uh, going on. Uh, it's important to note these stepped-up fees... We have seen leagues try to get the data rights fees. Now, it seems like the NHL and the NFL are really not after these integrity fees anymore, but other leagues are calling it data rights fees like the NBA. We'll see what happens there. I don't, you know, again, New York is talking about some kind of fee in their state bill, but we'll see where that goes. We're a long way from that. But it just seems like we're in an age where things are a little bit, you know, (laughs) up in the air on gambling as they always have been. But think about where we are right now. In, uh, in late 2018, we're talking about all these gambling relationships between sports leagues and, um, and, and, and casinos. You know, the NFL, they still don't allow players in casinos. Good luck with that, especially with the Raiders going to Vegas. But you've got the NBA... The league that you know outlawed Tim Donahue. The, you, you've got baseball talking about acceptance with gambling uh, that has outlawed Pete Rose for thirty something years. Can't even let him into the Hall of Fame, even to attend. Uh, and they're making partnerships, and gambling's in, and it's illegal. And so it's just, it's just sometimes you got to step back and say, "Wow, look where we are with the formerly taboo, formerly against the integrity of sports." Gambling, sports betting, it's all in, and we're all in. And yes, it's not going to be all states. We're never going to have sports betting in Utah, but it's a sea change. And so many things I talk about in the business of sports, it's evolution. Uh, We're changing. This is not your father's sports, where we had linear programming only. Now we have digital, where we had little emphasis on health and safety, where basically water at practices was a the biggest deal. Now we have incredible uh, safety measures and training methods where it's not your father's NFL regarding gambling and NFL or any sport regarding gambling. And that's what I've talked about here with the news. The thing that really caught my eye, a second deal for MGM with a major sports league, having done the NBA now with the NHL. Hope you enjoyed that Brant's Rants version. Now we're going to get to listener questions before we do a word from Simply Safe. I'm a big fan. It's the best home security system. It's ready for anything. If a storm takes out your power, it's ready. If an intruder cuts your phone line, it's ready. If somehow your keyboard or siren is compromised, it'll get you the help you need. Maybe overkill, but it's always ready. It doesn't cost an arm and a leg. 24-7 professional security monitoring, $14.99 a month. No contracts, no hidden fees. I recommend Simply Safe to everyone I know. You've got to check out the best home security system anywhere. So go to simplysafe.com slash brand, all caps my name, B-R-A-N-D-T, simplysafe.com slash brand, protect your home and family today, simplysafe.com slash brand. 
Now for the listener question part of the program, every week I'll answer listener questions. Uh, leave it a message on the Google Voice, 484-416-5654, 484-416-5654. First question from Jim. Andrew, Jim Walsh from Atlanta, Georgia. I love the show. Question on trading. Um, I know the NBA does a lot of trading where picks are lottery protected. And I heard a suggestion um, on a podcast that the Cowboys should have tried to trade for Amari Cooper and quote unquote lottery protected it. Maybe if they was 14 or lower, then the Raiders got a second. And if it was a 15 or higher, um, the Raiders got a first. I've never heard of this in the NFL. I'm wondering if you know, if it, one, if it's been done, two, if it's even legal. I know there's some things you can't do. Appreciate all you do. Thanks. Yeah, Jim, you asked the right question. You'd hear about all these uh, conditions and contingencies in other trades, especially baseball and basketball. You can't. Uh, you can't put a lottery protection. There is no lottery in football, of course. So you can't put a protection of 1 to 15 or 1 to 10 or anything like that. That's just not allowed. I talked about trading so much on this podcast and trading has become more in vogue, but still things that are restricting, like not being able to put that on it and not having that in there. Uh, You can't even tie a trade to another player. You can't put cash in a trade, which you can in baseball and basketball, like throwing a million dollars. Now, you can get around that where you do a bonus on a player before you trade him. Uh, So actually you're paying him to sort of send him off. That would be a way of getting around the no cash for trades things, but you're right. Uh, the Amari Cooper thing will be a first round pick no matter where the Raiders finish. And there are no lottery protections. There are no number protections allowed in NFL trading, no cash allowed in NFL trading. So NFL trading is very by the book classic. Uh, again, we need a different kind of maybe CBA or ownership levels that are going to allow for more uh, more trading creativity, but that's not there right now. Thanks so much for that, uh, Jim. I really appreciate it. Let's go to Nick. Yeah, hey, Andrew. It's Nick, a Rams fan from Minnesota. Hey, we've talked a lot about the Le'Veon Bell situation, and you've maintained that he's unlikely to get a trade because of the franchise tag and the inability for teams to sign him to a long-term deal until the offseason. However, we saw this last offseason, numerous trades were made, handshake deals between general managers, uh, the Rams and Marcus Peters, for example, um, where they they worked on a deal beforehand before the league even opened, and we saw all of those deals go through. Uh, In the same way every year we see before the league year opens, before free agency opens, we see teams and players announce deals uh, before they can legally even sign them. And I can only think of one example where one of those didn't go through as reported, and that was the Frank Gore deal a a couple years ago. So what's to keep a team from making a deal and agreeing to an extension with Le'Veon Bell that's a handshake agreement, but then goes through? It seems like that happens all the time, and it seems like we're not talking about that enough. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate the show. Yeah, I mean, I just talked about, Nick, all the restrictions that you have on trades. This also applies to kind of deals. You can't make side deals in the NFL. NFL is very clear about no side deals. That goes for all these things. It's a clear cap violation. No side agreements. It's just like if you're talking about playing, paying players under the table or saying, take this little money now, we're going to pay you more later. You just can't do that. Um, and again, we can all sort of be cynical about what it means and whether it really happens or whatever it is, but you can't. And when I say you can't, you just can't go into situations where you could be called on the carpet by the NFL about side deals. Now, agents would deny it. 
Maybe players deny it, teams, of course, deny it. But again, there would be a, some kind of smoking gun coming out of that. And then you're talking about penalties, whether it's removal of draft picks, whether it's fines, forfeitures, things like that. You just can't. So again, Le'Veon Bell didn't get traded. And we didn't even know if he's showing up. But uh, to trade him would be a real, I thought, a real problem for a team. You don't know what kind of shape he's in. He's coming in for eight games. You can't do a contract. Franchise tag restricts any doing any long-term negotiations even until after the season. So that was a tough trade. It didn't happen, of course. Levin Bell is still unsigned, and who knows? Again, I keep saying I have no idea. I've been an agent. He's losing eight fifty-five thousand a week. It's ridiculous from my end. <laughs> uh, and he's got to report in the next two weeks to even get a credit for the season, which I think he'll do. But everything I think has been wrong with Levin Bell. So. That's it again. <laughs> Listener questions. Appreciate them from Jim and uh, Nick today. More coming next week. Finally, a word from Bet Online again. We have so much going on in sports right now. You've got NFL, you've got college football, you've got NBA, you've got NHL. It's the greatest time of year for passionate, diehard fans, and only one place to get in all the action. That's betonline.ag. Don't wait any longer. It's podcast one. To receive a 50% bonus, that's podcast one as a promo code, 50% bonus. There's drama everywhere in sports right now. You've got Alabama, you've got the Rams dominating football, you've got Nashville starting strong in the NHL, the Lakers always dramatic, Toronto, Denver off to a hot start. Get on in on betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, exclusive partner of podcast one, Sportsnet. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Business of Sports Podcast with Andrew Brandt. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt. Listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us a good rating, if you will. Stitcher, tune in, RossTucker.com, wherever you hear your podcast. Thanks to extraordinary producer Brian Neal. And I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.